Coming up. Had you ever, up until this point in your marriage, felt scared of him in that way? No. That's why it's so hard. Reconciling what my life's become. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. QAnon, a thoroughly debunked far-right extremist conspiracy theory claiming a number of high-profile Democrats and celebrities are involved in an anti-Donald Trump, Satan-worshipping, cannibalistic child sex trafficking ring, has crept its way from the fringes of the internet to the mainstream since originating online in 2017. The chance we love Trump, that is not, uh, you know, hey buddy, love you kind of love. That is, I'm prepared to die for this man. And along the way, it's consumed the lives of many of its followers ruining personal relationships, and even causing some family members to say they now live in fear. Hello? Hi there, this is Eva. Hi. Hi, how How are are you? you? Okay, I just, before we get started, I just want to make sure I'm really, really want to make sure, like, my identity doesn't get out, whatever you decide to, to do with this information. Once again, I'm joined by Eva Anderson with WOI-TV in Des Moines, Iowa, to continue our conversation about the QAnon conspiracy theory. We talked about some of your reporting on the broader conspiracy yesterday, and I'm wondering, how did you end up taking on this project? What was your inspiration for this piece on QAnon? I'm I'm a native Iowan, and I come from a small town, and, you know, quite unfortunately, I saw a lot of high school classmates start to follow Q. Then I actually had another friend who started really following Q and started to send me all of this propaganda. (laughs) And it was really personally disturbing to me because it was incessant. It was incessant. All hours of the day, into the evening, this friend would send me things like, Trump is about to declare martial law, Trump is about to address the nation at midnight, all of our phones are going to go off, JFK Jr. is still alive. The friend would then send me pictures claiming that this is JFK Jr. Look at him. And I said to I said to my friend, I was like, hey, friend, I think QAnon, I think this Q person is pulling your leg. And they were like, no, no. Did you see the declassification of these files? And I was like, hey, friend, I, I it's okay to let go from this for a little while. And then I could just see they were so concerned and everything that they were posting on their own Facebook page just only became cute. It, there were no more day-to-day posts of, you know, you know funny things or anything. It, it was solely QAnon propaganda and trying to this means this and this means this and just like strange memes and the more that i would kind of push back the more that they would dig in deeper 
that all leads into what I wanted to get into on today's episode. And that's how individuals end up falling into the QAnon conspiracy. And based on our conversation yesterday and other conversations I've had, my understanding is that it's usually not something that happens all at once. I think the description you referenced yesterday was that it's sort of a buffet of misinformation and disinformation that that people can pick and choose what parts appeal to them at first, and then it snowballs from there. Is that more or less right? Yes. I spoke with one therapist who said, actually, she's a couples counselor. She counsels couples who one person has fallen into QAnon and the other person hasn't. And one time she saw somebody fall into it in the course of just six weeks. And it it really destroys, it destroys families, it destroys couples. And that's why we need to pay attention to it. You know, you can write it off as crazy, but when it's affecting our society, we have somebody, we have a congressperson, we have neighbors, friends, you know, we need to, we need to call a spade a spade and we need to acknowledge that this is actually an issue because if we just keep brushing it under the rug, it's going to fester and people will continue suffering silently. And one of the huge challenges with battling all of this misinformation and disinformation that that does pose a real threat to society and to individuals is that not only that it's it's not all happening at once to people, it's a slow drip of of falsehoods, but it's a process that happens online, oftentimes in darker corners of the internet. So it might even be hidden to friends and family who who aren't paying close attention. Exactly. And we all know in our own lives what time of day and location we go down our internet <laughs> rabbit holes. You know, a lot of the time it's, you know, every, I mean, I can think of, you know, sitting in bed you know, just scrolling, 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 researching things. You know, oftentimes if I'm going down an internet rabbit hole, it's, yeah, in bed, you know, an hour goes by and it's two in the morning, you know. Um, it keeps people up. And I, and th- this is, those are the same times that people research QAnon and, or like start to look into, you know, what new information Q is giving them. But then it bleeds into the daytime hours when you're at work, you know, when you when you could be doing other things. I um, there's a few people on Facebook who I kind of monitor at a distance uh, who are Q followers, and my gosh, you know, like once they start posting, it's like posted twenty minutes ago, eighteen minutes ago, twelve minutes ago eight minutes ago. Like they just post incessantly and they all say, oh, you know, wait, watch, watch this play out. It's going to play out like a movie. Grab your popcorn now. Trump's got it all under control. Right. It's insanity. I mean, back in when I was in college, you could probably catch me at 1 a.m. inverting Led Zeppelin songs with my friends for fun, but <laughs> you'd wake up in the morning and yeah. say, why did we even do that? But that doesn't seem to be the case here, not only because this is far more harmful, but because it does invade the rest of QAnoners' lives, it sounds like. Right, it does. It becomes all-consuming. And, you know, again, if you, if you try to get into their mind for a second, they feel like, 
no one, no one believes me. My wife doesn't believe me. My, my kids don't believe me. Ugh, maybe the more information I get and send them, then they'll finally believe me. Maybe they'll want to help save the children too, you know? So if you try to step into their shoes for a second, you can maybe see why it's so incessant. Because if they truly think that they're doing something in good faith and no one else is believing them, they're going to try even harder. In your reporting on QAnon, you've spoken with two women in particular who you reported are living in fear as a result of loved ones who've fallen into the QAnon conspiracy. What exactly is it that they're afraid of? One woman in particular, her, well, I changed their names, but we'll call her Caroline. She is a mother. She has multiple children. She has been married to her husband for over a decade. And she says, it's not simply that she doesn't believe all of this fake stuff that her husband is trying to tell her. It's that he gets angry, enraged that she doesn't believe it. So her husband is saying, you know, every Democrat is a pedophile. If you don't believe me, you have pedophilia tendencies. You are the enemy. If you don't believe me, you are the enemy. So she says, my husband truly believes that I am the enemy because I do not believe him. I've become the enemy, so I have to be very careful. Caroline learned it's no longer safe to speak up. I mean, at first I was furious because it makes no sense. So I would fight back pretty fiery. But the more she fought back, the more he'd send her cues, propaganda, links, videos. This is our duty to God and country. The true warriors for freedom never give up the fight. And the more that she would say to him, hey, I don't think this is true, the more he would scream at her. And so if she wants to keep functioning in her day-to-day life and be a mom to her kids. She says, I just have to keep my head down. Because if this is a husband she's been married to for 10 years, and she never had any hint that things would go wrong, and then so quickly, you know, it started, she said, kind of when the pandemic happened. So, you know, maybe in a matter of nine months, which if you've been married for over a decade, okay, in a nine-month span, that's really short in the scheme of things. For her husband to slip into all of a sudden believing all of this stuff that's just insane and off the deep end, well, if that can happen in nine months, what can happen in nine more months? He could hurt me. He could he could do something, t- you know, really bad. So for now, she is just trying to keep her head down. One of the things that this woman you've called Caroline in your reporting, but but who chose to remain anonymous, one of the things she said that really gave me a pit in my stomach was, I live with someone who hates me. I live with someone who hates me, who I live in fear of, all because of them, the cues and the people who allow the cues to breathe. And that's hard to hear. And it sounds, based on what you just said, like that's all new since QAnon. Like, Like they had more or less a normal marriage before this conspiracy seeped into her spouse's life. Yes, she said he was always, I mean, he was always a Republican and a conservative voter, but it was never anything that was so filled with hate or passion or rage. You know, it just escalated 
majorly. And she said, I have become the enemy. Everybody has a friend probably who they who has a differing political opinion, but you're still able to maintain friends. Yeah, and this this is not that. No, exactly. Even marriages, you know, one person's a Democrat, one person's a Republican. That's fairly common, but you're still able to coexist. This is past the point where they can coexist. He is angry at her all the time. You also spoke to a 21-year-old whom you refer to in your reporting as as May, but again, also uh, chose to remain anonymous. And her mother has fallen into the conspiracy. What can you tell me about how that has impacted their relationship? So May's 21 years old, and she lives about an hour or two away from her parents. But May has a younger sister who lives at home with her mom and her dad. May's mom is in so deep to QAnon that she had an inkling of when what was going to happen on the day of the insurrection. So about a week or two prior to the insurrection, May's mom bought a one-way ticket to Utah because uh, she knew someone there who had a doomsday shelter and was like, peace, peace out. I'm going because I know something big's going to happen. And there's going to be a civil war, blah, blah, blah. She left her younger daughter who still lives at home. She, I mean, it was enough to have her ditch her family, her younger daughter. I mean, both of her daughters she left, but the one who still lives at home, it's really upsetting. I confronted her and said, what the hell are you doing? You have a daughter at home who needs you. You have a family to take care of, and you're over here living in a dreamland of conspiracies. For months, May's mom shut her down. In December, buying a one-way ticket to Utah to go to a doomsday shelter. She bought a one-way ticket there, and she had said to me on like Christmas, I'm just gonna go, I'm not gonna come back, you know? <laughs> One thing, or or one myth, I should probably call it, I know I've heard in conversations I've had privately about QAnon and I've seen on social media, is that the conspiracy itself is so ridiculous that only foolish people could slip into believing it, that it, it could never impact a smart person. But your reporting shows that that's not true. And in May's case, I know she said her mom is you know smart, well-educated, right? Yes, her mom is college-educated. She said otherwise her mom is is a smart woman and that's why it confused her so much falling for qAnon does not mean you are a quote unquote dumb person it just means that you have something in your life you have a grievance in your life that you're searching for an answer and you think you've found it. And so then it becomes that confirmation bias where you are seeking answers that please the that that agree with the framework you've already sort of slipped into as an answer, even if it's not the right answer. And so it becomes all the more frustrating for relatives who know that their their loved ones aren't unintelligent. You know, my friend, my own friend, I know my friend who has slipped into this is smart. And that's why it breaks my heart and why I, you know, but this is just a friend, not my mom, you know, not my 
husband. So I can't even imagine what it must be like for these women I interviewed. There is a whole sub, uh, a whole group on Reddit called a subreddit called QAnon Casualties. It is a support group for people whose loved ones have slipped into this. This group now has 110,000 members. And there are story after story after story about people whose loved ones have slipped into this. And my gosh, after I posted my story in there, I had somebody reach out to me from Western Iowa who said, my family is having two separate family reunions this summer if COVID allows. One for the Q believers and one for the non-believers. Well, and getting back to the stories of May and Caroline, these two women, it's very clear that they feel that they are in very real danger to the extent that they didn't want to reveal their identities publicly. May and Caroline are fake names. Right. Did you ask why they decided it was worth it for them to share their stories, even with an apparent risk to their safety? Yeah, I barely had to ask because they said this to me. They said, I want people to know the immense pain and suffering that happens. I want people to be aware of the pain and absolute trauma and torment it causes. And if there are people out there who this might prompt them to do something about it, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish. You know, because because people don't, otherwise people might not know. They said, if this can bring help to someone else, I want them to know how much pain it causes me that my loved one believes this. And if there are any complicit actors out there that this might prompt them to do something about it, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish. So for the rest of us, are there any common red flags or warning signs we should be looking out for with our loved ones? I think it starts as simple as if you notice somebody has a habit of sharing fake information. If you have a relationship with somebody where you feel like you can open up that conversation, you know, I say from what I've learned from speaking with psychologists on this, take the approach of gentle guidance. So everybody's shared something online that they have later found out that isn't true. At some point, you're like, oh, shoot, I kind of feel stupid. You know, say that. You, know, Hey, there's that one time I shared this, kind of made me feel a little stupid, um, you know, silly or whatever. And, you know, we, we've all been there. And kind of talk to them about sourcing. I have, I used to have one friend who, um, cause she knows I work in news. She'd send me all these things. Hey Eva, is this fake? Hey Eva, you know, and I'd say, okay, check the source. Is it a screenshot where there's no, um, you can't see a URL at the top. You don't know if you go to that URL, does the same thing not pop up? If it's a screenshot of the tweet, go to that actual person's Twitter profile And if you do not see that tweet, yeah, that means it was likely doctored, okay? That happens all the time. So if there are other local journalists listening to this, if you can find a way to localize this story in your area, we need, you know, we as local journalists are so trusted by our communities, a lot of the times more than national news outlets. And one of the things that was most important for me to do this in a local market was I want people to know that this is happening in their communities. And 
it's like an issue. Like if we brush it under the rug, then it can continue growing. But if we name it and we call it out and we say how ludicrous it is, and not just how ludicrous it is, but how harmful and painful and emotionally devastating this is, then we can help get rid of it. And so I would just call on other journalists to report on this, especially in local markets, to help eradicate this eventually, because it is very damaging. Eva Anderson with WOI in Des Moines, Iowa. Thank you again for joining us yesterday and today to talk about QAnon. And please do keep us posted on The Daily Crime as you continue to report on this. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us once again on The Daily Crime. Will Johnson will be here tomorrow with a fresh episode. And beyond that, we are daily. So we do put out five episodes every single week. If you appreciate the work we're doing, please share your favorite episode with a friend and take 30 seconds right now to make sure you're subscribed to the show. And if your podcast app allows, drop us a rating and review. That's all for today. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.